Just hit record. <laughs> so no, then we'll just. Uh, it's it's nice Chris, when you're not just on hit time. Record. I did. Up. You did, dummy. Let's it's go. just nice because Chris and I just catch up and talk about started. nothing. Shut up. <laughs> it's just like the we, show. We had Welcome a to Everyone Racers, a podcast designed for the world of low-dollar racing and oddball car culture. Whatever kind of LeChamp or track dog you run, SCCA or NASA, we won't discriminate. We even think you Drifto hella flush shaky dog guys are all right as long as you drive it hard and built it yourself. Join us each week for tech discussion, tips, tricks, news and notes in the world of low buck racing. And if you can handle it, Chrissy will give you just the tip. I'll be your pit marshal. My name is Jeff. Everyone report to the paddock. This is Chris. This is Chrissy. This is Jeff. (laughs) And I'm mental. (laughs) Folks, we are Everyone Racers. Thank you so much for coming back and listening to another fantabulous episode of our podcast, Despite our own best efforts, this is episode 24. I'm a little geeked about it. Chris, what you working on? Well, we a uh, very exciting weekend here. We cleaned the house. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't like any cleaning, though. This was like really deep cleaning. Though. Yeah. Like going through stuff that you haven't gone through in years and boxes. You say, do I really need these things in this box that has been there for 10 years? That kind of stuff. So the infamous spring cleaning, if you will. Yeah, kind of like that. It's mostly, well, that's cool because spring has arrived in the East Coast. It is. It was seventy-eight degrees today. here today. It's it's, right, February, I, it's February fake out. Yep. <laughs> February fake out. It'll be back soon. Um, the other thing we actually be nice. That it was eighty degrees today because it snowed four inches over the weekend, and <laughs> I use that as a good excuse to use my snowblower for the first time in two years. And I think. Our, our, dare I say, dozens of listeners at this point might even <laughs> might even care about my lemony snowblower. This is a 1962 Aaron's that I bought off of Craigslist for a hundred bucks. Now, back in the day, those snowblowers they were built like tanks, and they didn't have any safety features. Like like now, you gotta hold three different handles down and you know sign waivers before you even use a snowblower no no this thing yours is yours is built like a stephen king nightmare story yeah it might be (laughs) if you let go of everything that's how it goes like that's that's when it goes somewhere you have to children's homes oh yeah (laughs) oh yeah you have small dog make sure you're standing behind it you gotta grab (laughs) handles to stop it otherwise it's just gonna keep going forever Sometimes it does keep going, and That's you can true. stick the stick in it to to clean it out while it's churning. Oh yeah, it's, it, <laughs> it doesn't care. It has it has enough safety features. It has danger features, and <laughs> so the way so this is I lemony just... is because I bought it for a hundred bucks, and it had this the old Tecumseh motor on it, and you know that that motor it, it wasn't real hard to crank it over on the pull string because it didn't have really have much compression left. And the throttle, the carb was a giant mess, so the throttle control is terrible. So I said, you know, the, the, the bottom end of this is a tank. The gears are enormous. Like, this is a sturdy machine. Just this motor sucks. So what's comes to the rescue? A Harbor Freight Predator 212cc engine with coupon under $100. Okay, so. You, you don't go for the weak sauce side draft. No, no, no. Get the go-kart sized one, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, but it's, <laughs> yeah. Horizontal shaft, the same one they all run, so. Anyway. It's a shame you can't sit on it to like ride it because it would just, just eat your legs you, while you're you doing could, it. But go ahead, keep going. They sell like little skateboard things that you oh. stand behind it with. So yank the Tecumseh off. Go say, oh, let's see how this one fits up. And wouldn't you know it, 
the bolt pattern for the block to the snowblower is exactly the same between the it's 1962 Tecumseh on. and the Harbor Freight Honda clone. Chinese retro engineer. Yep. It's just the um, the flanges were thicker, so I had to cut the studs off and put new bolts through, but bolted right on. So then I said, all right, well, I got to put this crank pulley on. Let's see, let's see if it fits. Wouldn't you know it? Crank pulley slides right onto the shaft of the Harbor Freight motor. We found right. what Dieter did. We found out what Dieter ended up doing after he designed Warpbergs. Yeah. He went to work for Chinese <laughs> Chinese engineering and, and made Harbor Freight engines. And wouldn't you know it, the location <laughs> of the crank pulley in relation to you know the bottom of the motor and everything, exactly the same place. So the same <laughs> size belt even fit. Like the, the alignment Amazing. was right. It just bolted together. The, the Honda knockoff Chinese Harbor Freight junk compared to the 1962 Tecumseh. They should sponsor us. They should totally sponsor us. for all of us. And this thing works great. It sits for two years and it starts with a second pole. So I highly recommend ghetto, ghetto Harbor Freighting your Arians 1962 snowboard. I mean, anything Harbor Freight, uh-huh. as long as you know what you're getting, it's great. Sure. All right, sure. That's all I did. Chrissy, what's oh, your work? Okay. On? I was also doing the cleaning of the third bedroom, third or fourth, whatever. The one Jim's usually sleeps in. That's, it doesn't have cats. It became a very large closet. So uh, we did a really good job on cleaning all of that out. And I'm sitting in a beautiful room that has uh, like three boxes against the wall and room in the closets. Fantastic. So we brought a whole bunch of bags and boxes to a place called Opportunity House. Um, and they took a bunch of our clothes. And it was really nice to get it all done. And you can walk down the basement and there's nothing in the floors it's fantastic um are you sitting on anything or are you just sitting on the carpet i'm sitting on the bed oh, okay 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 yes um and then i i just the lo- the warm weather last couple of days have been fantastic and a happy belated birthday to my sister kim uh we've celebrated pretty hard on sunday so that's about it hey kim. Birthday, kim jeff what are you working on so uh, I mentioned last week that I was finishing up the Pinewood Derby cars. Uh, you, didn't, you didn't post pictures. I didn't. That's no. right. You know why? Because I forgot to take them. But that's okay because <gasps> I sold them to my wife now. So she Facebook <laughs> connected me, so I have them now. I will uh, post them right after we're done recording the show, so they'll be up by the time everyone's hearing this. So I uh, finished the Pinewood Derby cars. Friday is the official weigh-in, just like in Vegas. You know, everybody comes out. We weigh the cars. People yell at each talk, other. Talk a, a bunch of smacks. Fights. Yeah, a couple of yeah, exactly. Um, That's like ch- like champ car. Exactly. So <laughs> they do that. Fr- yeah. So Friday night, I was actually, uh, I was a repair center. So basically, I had to bring all of my tools. And when people showed up with cars that didn't work <laughs> or wouldn't pass or their wheels. It's just like real life. Did you, did you have knee pads? I did not have my knee pads on. Uh, we, awesome. we meet in, a, in, a, in a, me- a medical building, so it's like a meeting room, and I'm like dremeling out Pinewood Derby blocks, <laughs> creating dust everywhere, and I, I drilled my hand. It was fantastic. Um, Were you, every- did you not pay attention? No, it's, I, it's hard because you don't really have like tables or anything, so I was literally like holding a car in my hand, sitting on the floor like drilling out Chris, metal. Yeah, I, think we, I think we've got just the tip next week. Yeah. So, no, no, no. Don't worry. I have a story later that's going to be just the tip. So we went to the Pinewood Derby on Sunday. Uh, as you re- may remember, I built Jenna car. I built Josh's car. I built my car. Josh's car, terrible. It Aww. barely went down. It was like the slowest. He didn't care. He made it cool looking. He's all about it. It was great. He had a great time. That's great. Uh, 
Did he have a yeah. flat bend hat, hat while he oh. was doing it? No, no, no. It was light blue sheep. You can see the Josh and Dad podcast if you want to learn about that. Okay. Uh, so I can't wait. That's my favorite. Jen's, yeah. Jen's car was after a cartoon character. Uh, and uh, in the parent division, a guy had a 3D printed Pinewood Derby car <gasps> that looked exactly like a last generation uh, Mustang. Literally, hmm. it's exactly like it. Is that legal? Yes, it's legal because it just kind of like fits on top of the block. So, yeah. Huh. Yeah. It was pretty cool. Uh, there's a dad division. Did it just greenly know. wild towards a bunch of 3D plastic uh, uh, no, printed, it was, printed like spectators? It was a, uh, it looked like just like every other V6 Mustang out there. Looked really great, <laughs> slow as crap. Um, had a hairdresser behind the wheel. So, my Citroën was also moderately <laughs> terrible. So Jen It's like the real to, thing. It's like the real thing. We're was in it there. Citroen better? He made it better, so, but it was only Citroen better. It was Citroen better. better. It was Citroen better than the Mustang. Jen won all four heats. Uh, she walked away with it. We even tried to, like, screw it up. We, like, made him go backwards. That didn't help. She still won. Uh, we mislabeled the lanes once. It was the only one win I got. It was, uh, it was absolutely terrible. Uh, but we had a good time, and everybody ate hot dogs, and the kids had a great time. And uh, the evil empire didn't win. We have one like hella cheaty parent, and uh, he didn't win. We had somebody else win. So he had, a, he had an E30 uh, Pinewood Derby car. <laughs> yeah, right. Baby <laughs> Okay, so, you have more to talk about. I Go. do, I do. But this is, this is the good part, and I'm going to totally admit that I still had my real live Christmas tree up. <laughs> that is for the weekend. It's not alive. Well, yeah, it was dead now. Point, it's not. It's not alive. It's. Oh, it's just. It's. Tree. It's a pile of needles dead. and kindling. Wow. So uh, it got thrown out of the back door, and Jen immediately clogged the uh, the ball Dyson with trying to pick up the piles of needles. <laughs> yep, we did that. <laughs> yeah, yep, did that. So I, I got out the shop back, and I you shot back with you, Dyson, the man. entire room, like with Curvy. the tube, like. <laughs> what was it like? What was it like? <laughs> <laughs> okay. And, and it just Folks, occurs to me. It was as much fun for us to watch him do that as it was for you to hear him do that. It, it just occurred to me that a shop vac is a better vacuum than any vacuum on the planet. And oh, yeah. nope. we, should just, nope. we should just do our entire lives in the shop vac. I have a Kirby. It is the domestic equivalent to a black hole, and you can use it for home defense because it's made of <laughs> iron. I love my Kirby. I have it's heard the about second Kirby. Kirby I have owned. Yeah. So, I, and then the only. The only other thing I'm going to mention is that uh, the lights that broke two weeks ago and I had the electrician in, um, yes, he, he basically working. said, don't turn that switch because there's no light on that. Like we have some <laughs> outdoor lights on eaves and there were like just two wires sticking out. He said, don't turn that switch. So we covered Whatever it with you tape. Do. Don't turn mm-hmm. that switch, right? So we covered it with tape, but we figured we've been flicking that switch on for the three years we lived here and there was never a problem. But either way, I covered it with tape, and I said, you know, next warm weekend, I'll put a fixture on it. Jen called me from work yesterday, and she was like, the lights are out, the lights are out, the lights are out. I said, oh, okay, well, go flip the breaker. She says, well, I did, and Dave and the boys who live next door basically said, hey, what are all those sparks coming from your house? Oh, <gasps> shut up. <laughs> Which isn't so, that, that episode of This Is Us is what launched this yeah. entire load-bearing coffee yeah. pot unplugging exactly. scenario? So she freaked out. So today, this morning, before I went to work, I was on the 20-foot extended ladder, and I was 
wire capping and cutting away broken, burnt wires from my <laughs> Wow. It's somehow uh, I'm the redneck. How does that work? So all I have to say is you're next from the week, South. just a tip <laughs> is not going to be about Pinewood Derby. It can be about <laughs> electricity. It can be about fire hazards, your dead trees. But yeah. Fine. You, you'll have to consult me first. But okay. Mantle, what are you working on? So in Georgia, your birth month is when all of your auto registrations are due because they figure most people just have one car. As opposed to car, truck, and RV, and three motorcycles. So I was getting all that done. Uh, my dad gave me his old bike. I think I talked about that last week, which was you originally did? my bike. And, yeah, so I got them all legal and roadworthy. It was out driving around. Now, the text I just sent you, I'd like to call your attention to that picture. Because yes, I saw Chris look at it kind of weird. Now, I was getting an auto scanner because I've got to get the emissions done on my Mercedes. And I actually had a check engine light, and I want to know what it was. And I saw this Wagner Hashtag, they should totally not sponsor us. Yeah, we Wag- don't want that. Wagner braking ad on the counter. And it says, Wagner brakes sooner, up to 50 feet. Now, if you use your two fingers and you scroll in on that picture, <laughs> it, it will tell you in comparison to other Wagner products. <laughs> so, Wagner is advertising the fact that their brake pads are better than their brake pads. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the, apparently the OEX is much better than the organic God. quiet stops made of wood. <laughs> yeah, and I I saw that and I'm like, yep. okay, I gotta bring, I gotta bring this up on the show. <laughs> That's well, great. It, it it actually says that. Yeah, <laughs> in the small print. I just sc- I just scrolled it. They're, they're bragging about it. This is at the counter at Pet Boys. They're like, hey, but. The way you should buy Wagner's because they're better than Wagner's. Because some, some of them of suck them. a little less than others. Can, and that's can, it. can I read this word for word just so everyone knows? It says results based on internal testing compared with new Wagner OEX to other Wagner offerings. <laughs> Internal testing. It's not even like they externally tested it. No, so, no. Consumer and reports some of them be better than others? Like you have Wagner good ones. decided and they, they would do that. <laughs> that's terrible. That's, that's amazing, terrible. actually. I like it. Oh, my gosh. Mental, then, what else? Uh, I replaced uh, uh, my two garage doors because I mentioned Yay. mine. One, one took me a week. The other one took me three hours because I deliberately said, so, but now they're both fully functional. It's great. They're even way quieter. Did uh, you and, like, have a learning curve or the second yes. one was just easier? Both. I was deliberately taking my time, doing the measurements, making care, making sure of everything, and because you don't want them getting bound up. And then the second one, just because I understood it, went way easy. And I believe that that wraps us up, right? So we move it on to uh, news and notes. News and notes. And notes. We have and so much folks, news and notes. Buckle yeah. up, especially if you're not a lemons person, because we're about to get we're about to get Wagner ugly up on this. <laughs> oh <my> gosh. <laughs> okay, so I, AER was at Road Atlanta. This weekend, uh, yep. we don't really care who won, actually, just at all. I, I do. Um, oh, yeah. Okay, fine. Well, you can talk <laughs> about who won. I don't care who won. Um, but I did notice that because I have a whole bunch of friends on Facebook that run with AER, so I noticed that there was a red flag on Sunday on the first lap out, and there was a massive crash on turn five, and somebody happened to be uh, taping it. And he just said, you can't win on the first lap. So let's everybody crash. And then I think somebody spun and then everybody like crashed into them. So uh, pretty terrible. But uh, that's all I cared about, actually. It's because the yeah. F1 scouts were in the stands that week. Did you know that? <laughs> that's right. They right. were standing right next to the people that were taping. So, yeah, yeah that's all I got. I don't care. Go ahead, Mental. 
Well, and, and we've all raced Road Atlanta, and I'd like to point out for, for those who have it, Road Atlanta Turn 5 is literally the world's most classic late apex turn in. It is a 90-degree banked turn. It is probably one of your well turn five i'm sorry turn six where they they actually all got wadded up is one of the most simple basic it's it's a great instructing turn because you really just how they got that red misty that quick is absurd but if you watch the video that jeff's going to put up on the facebook uh on the e1r facebook page you'll actually hear the guy say and the mustangs are in the lead which i think is you know mainly part of the problem but it was all beamers that wrecked (laughs) it's really i think the easiest corner at road to atlanta it, it really is. Yeah. You, you just can't saying that because you teach people on. Yeah. 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 yeah so uh, somebody, was it five or was it six? Because I thought they said it was five. It looked like five. I it's, said it was six. It's five is where they got out of control. Oh, six yeah. is where they all kind of wanted it they actually hit. It wasn't, yeah. the one, it wasn't the turn onto the street. It was the one right before that. Right, that, right before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bingo. Exactly. That's, it's yeah. basically that's six, a that's 90. Six and seven complex. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just want to mention, uh, this Who's blue here? They want to mention who the winners were? That's, That's mental. mental. So, uh, well, I, just, I want to give a shout out to Casey Carden. It's a local outfit. They said arrive and drive, but he's very picky about his drivers. They run Miatas. I've run against them before. My buddy, Adam Diamond, good buddy. He's a Skip Barber, Skippy grad, and uh, he ran with them. So they also lost one of their Miatas in the first hour. So, again, underscoring that you can only lose in the first lap, in the first hour, in the first turn. But they uh, managed to do, they placed well both weekends, and they walked away with the first place trophy. So well done, Adam. Well done, Casey Carden. So um, I want to mention a few things about the AER gig, and it wasn't about who won. So I just did post the uh, the thing there, the uh, video on our page, so everyone can go watch it. It seemed like the, I, I read the internet kerfuffle that happened, uh, basically on the guy who took it. He posted it tagged AER and all of the AR hive brain basically started piling piling in about um, you know two feet in two feet in two feet in and basically <laughs> I mean the whole thing and I and I think wherever I posted it my page or something like that it really wasn't that he spun and went backwards it's that he tried to he was sideways people got around him were getting around him or her I don't know who's driving and then he started moving forward to get back onto the racing surface before he was really waved. So cars were still going yeah. around him, both around his front bumper and his rear bumper. And he said, well, I guess it's time for the U-turn and just basically and collected a guy. I mean, and it's the first lap. What do you do? Dude. dude. What are you thinking? You know no one is expecting you to do something that colossal on the first lap. It's also a nine-hour race. Like, yeah. let the entire pack go by. And then re-enter the racing surface safely. Chris, go ahead. I totally know why it happened. It's because his tires were cold because he didn't do that weaving thing back and forth. Because that, <gasps> yeah. that totally works on street tires. Like, that totally works That's on an endurance race. So, uh, so anyway, I, I totally blame the guy who spun for causing this. I oh, think sure. three cars ended up being wrecked in this. Um, and I have another story about the same race. So should I just keep going? Yeah, or is there yeah more please. Part? Yep. Um, yeah, yeah, so yeah. also some team brought a bright yellow and blue uh, F458 Ferrari challenge car <laughs> and an F455 as a backup. Yeah. I just think this is absolutely insane. Supposedly it was a pro crew with factory support. They ended up winning the nine hour race by 10 seconds which, hello, what's your problem if you can't beat, like, 
hoopty E36s and E46s after nine hours. That's not but fun. There was a big well, discussion. They're, they're also going to go up against those Imsa Caymans of the uh, the nanomakers. The um, I didn't really see any. They're, they weren't there. Salines. They weren't there. Oh, okay, they weren't there. Yeah, no. no oh, they, yeah, they're just, they're there's just a clown. C6 Corvette that shows up sometimes, but there was there was a C6, but it didn't look like the C6R. It just looked like the C6. Yeah. So um, big discussions on the book of face. Either the arms race is out of control, or it's totally fine. The slower Cadillacs are still totally fine. Your mileage may vary. I just want to mention that they're. They were complaining that there were three M235iRs, which I didn't know what it was until I went to uh, BMW Motorsports page. They're basically race versions of the current M235. But there were 10 M3s of different generations, tons of Miatas. There was a Corvette or two. There was a couple of Zs. Plenty of stuff out there. But yes, still a horde of Miatas. So I don't know. Maybe speed differential is a thing. Go, Mental. And Chris, what do you always say about the abundance of BMWs in AER? That the douchebag quotient is high. Well, no, it's just it, it's, oh. it's where BMW club cars go to die. But oh, yeah. now I, I and no, again, they totally I look like that. Yeah, I didn't make it out there, uh, but I, I I I do run AER, and I'd like to point out this this whole thing. It's not. It's going to be their problem, but it's not the fault of the AER race organizers. It's just clowns that, oh, here's a series I can win in, and I don't need any talent. All I need is a big wallet, so I'm going to spend a bunch of money. And my buddy Adam, again, who was out there racing, he said the Ferraris were just absolutely terrible. So, you know, what kind of a clown are you, Chris? I think it's totally under the control of the series organizers. They know it's shown up. They know how to do this. I think their uh, egos are get a little too big at the, for them sometimes because I remember when they started AER after they had been running Lemons, they were some of the loudest voices about Lemons being so unsafe because there is a totally unsafe speed disparity between the E36s and the Class C cars like the Rolls-Royce and things like that. And now here they are running their own series where there's a totally unsafe Same speed thing. disparity between a Ferrari 458, a Corvette C6, a- and, and a, a Miata. Miata. Absolutely. Yeah, so, absolutely. Pot, they, kettle, they know. hi. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, I actually, I, I agree with Chris, but I'm, I have a little bit different thing. I totally respect all of the series. Like, I don't really have a problem with AER. It's not my gig. Like I said, we run it. I don't mind it. Um, you know, there's there's Lucky Dog out there. There's all these other Chomp Champ. I mean, I, I'm not upset by them. Go ahead and do and have your fun. I think other groups are having a little bit better keeping the arms race down. So is that AER's fault? I don't know. Maybe it's just because they're East Coast where there's a lot of racing teams showing up. I mean, I don't know. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention is that AER, I, I got to give it to them. I think their technology is fantastic. Oh, yeah. The reason I know oh, yeah. so that much about true, who true, was there true. is because I still have a login because we have raced with them. And their pages of describing who is in the race literally has all the cars, pictures with the livery, who's driving, every, every single piece of information that could be found is there. It is excellent. I mean, it's excellent. Yeah. So they used to be really kudos good to having John, it. who's running all that, because I know that's yeah. like his thing. The RF tags on the helmets. Oh yeah, yeah, that is. I love that. I do wish that's something Lemons would adopt. Okay, do you want anyway, to talk about other stories? Our normal stuff that we uh, associate with Lemons was in the in Arizona, uh, Arizona D bags, I think. Uh, this G-D-O, weekend there were man. there were only forty seven cars. 
this race. Uh, it's pretty low, but I guess maybe it's kind of wow, in the middle yeah, of nowhere, so people don't really go there. But this is their second race there, I believe. I think we've talked about going there. for. We said it'd be fun to go because it's a track we haven't been to. Um, the only couple people that I could pick out that I knew of was Anti and Sophie running uh, Onset slash Tetanus, um, and they won IOE in their Volvo. Yay! And, yay! and uh, they were really happy about it. I know Anton was posting on Facebook to say that, that 11 years ago he won IOE, uh, and this time it was like exactly 11 years ago. Uh, Spank had two cars there. Uh, one of them did just terribly, but I'm only watching race monitor, <laughs> so I don't really know what actually happened. Um, and then GDO Man got a heroic fix. Apparently they just wrenched all weekend. So that's all I could really find. I didn't dig too hard, but it seemed like uh, that's what I know. Chris, go ahead. I, I conversed a little bit with Spank before and after this race. Oh, okay. He was putting an, an engine in the Moke that last ran in the America when he and I Iron Man it to a twelfth. <laughs> oh no! We yeah we Iron Man it to a twelfth overall in an Austin America like four years ago. And he was trying to say to me, "Do you remember like if there's anything wrong with it?" He and I were saying, "Well, I think there might have been like a crunchy synchro, maybe. I don't, I don't know. It, it seemed pretty good." And so he texted me today and said, yeah, we both we both didn't remember anything. Third and fourth year synchros were gone and we just left it in third. So <laughs> is that the one that was running? Yeah, that one did run. And they yeah. had another one that didn't run at all. Yeah. Oh, that's a shame. It's about normal. <laughs> Go ahead, mental. So the yeah the yo man had that Corolla wagon of his out there and apparently there's all kinds of pictures on the uh, GD yo man Facebook page of him careening through and they managed to find a really good rear end that they thought it was a really good rear end they were crunching that that sort of thing and uh, uh, and the yo man uh, as he was uh, hanging with us at Barber drew, drove his uh, new 911 out there him and Phil so I was. Oh, his, 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 yeah. his 11 new, is to, new to him 911 it is mm-hmm. and I love that he drives it I love that it's not. Uh, a, a collector's piece. It's an appliance, not not an appliance, but he it's he, a car. he lets it, he fills it, it fills its purpose exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yes. So there are I, some fantastic pictures of the yo man destruction of the rear end. <laughs> the the pinion gear is just absolutely rounded off, like zero teeth on it. It looks like an apple on a stick. You have to see it if you get a chance. GD yo man Facebook group, go find it. Left. Okay. That's what, exactly what it's called. Go ahead, Chris. What do you have to say? In other about news, tire? Dunlop has just released the Dereza Z3. It is now showing on Tire Rack. <clears throat> it's an evolution of the prior Dereza Z2 and Z1. We, we have run these tires with great success in the past. All of the different generations of them have been quite great pleased. Success! Exactly. <laughs> hashtag, hashtag the Chatilly sponsor. Yep. Well, they're not going to be happy with what I'm going to say now. Um, <laughs> they are really... Hashtag overpriced now with the z3 they are they are overpriced compared to their competitors i looked it up in the 205 50 15 size that's what we run in the civic and that's a size that just about everybody has um they were charging 147 dollars for the z3 compared to 104 for the azenus 108 for the re71 132 for the bfg and the only place i could find the 11th series sponsor yokohama 8008rs was over on discount tire direct and they were 157 shipped though. Oh, oh so gosh. really, the Z3 is the most expensive of the the arms race 200 treadwear tires. Let's see how it holds up. Yeah, that's uh, that's tough. I I like the RE71. I know. I think I'm the only one who still likes that one, right, Chris? Well, uh, we've you never had some, but that's okay. <laughs> I like them, but no, we don't have them. We've never had them. What's the I'm one that we had on the post that I didn't like? You didn't like the RS3s. 
That. But, but the, we had those in the Ombre too, and they lasted like a year and a half. They lasted yeah. forever. Yeah, they were good on the RS3. I like them. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, anything more on this topic before I go to the next one? No, nope, that's no, it. New okay. tires. Um, so the race that we don't watch, the NASCAR. I actually, I actually did watch it. I, I did a little bit too. Um, Danica ran her last race. Uh, I bring this up because not only because we talk about women in racing, but this isn't a Chrissy story. This is a Jeff story. Um, the last reason for me to turn on NASCAR just retired. Uh, I was a Danica <laughs> fan. I was a Danica fan when she was in Why? open wheel. Um, she was a great open wheel racer. She never really produced well in nascar but they paid her three times as much to run there she was always a road course person that got into ovals because of the engine nonsense but yeah money exactly money Money. i mean really it is it's money and do you blame a professional racer for going where the most professional was that's why juan pablo was there that's why juan pablo was there too my other favorite nascar driver so um i just want to like shout out that i i guess i won't be watching nascar a competition cautions are the most terrible thing ever on the planet and i will just it's not even racing anymore but i don't have any interest in any of the driver stories anymore it's okay yeah, they have I, plenty of other uh, watchers no problem. actually no they actually, don't, they that, don't. That the, the whole point with the stage oh. racing is because young folks aren't getting into it and old folks are like the you know it's a spec series and it's it's not as interesting as it used to be and it's not because of a lack of talent of the drivers it's just because you know, you, you're not seeing the innovation that you saw back in the 80s. And yeah. I mean, okay, well, anti- no one is watching it then. It's, it's anti-innovation. <laughs> I mean, but it really, is. people aren't watching motorsports in general on television. Uh, the years that I did watch NASCAR, uh, you know, when Jimmy Johnson was winning just series after series after series, uh, their coverage was fantastic. Yeah. If, if any race series that I ever cared about would would cover that well, I would be excited as heck. Yep. Anyway. Keep going. It, it, it's not fair that she crashed, because she got crashed into. She was oh, yeah. Totally oh. Yeah, yeah. It was, I, I saw that, and I was like, oh, that's, that just stings. So, last thing I'm going to mention is that uh, this is a drive story. I will post it on the Facebooks. Uh, the uh, Mazda no longer considers BMW the ultimate driving machine. Uh, they use lots of different things to test bed their cars, uh, you know, performance benchmarks. And they basically said, and this is a direct quote, that the Toyota Camry has booted BMW from its position as Mazda's driving dynamics benchmark. Uh, this guy, Brown, who's one of their engineers, says, the new Camry is very good, and I don't think that anybody's going to deny that. And frankly, with a few exceptions, BMW's dynamic qualities have catered more towards comfort audiences rather than sports audiences. It's true. Like th- aside from things like the M2 and things like that, it's they're they're going comfy. To M2 is exactly what he re- what he said. Go mental. Well, and I don't deny that BMW is leaning towards more comfort, but I do find it hilarious that they say that the Camry isn't because for generations the Camry and the Accord have basically been the car for people who hate cars. It you know, they are and they are phenomenal vehicles they're great great cars but they're you know they don't have any quirks they kind of just work to do 
put the personality out of him and has gotten to the point where an accord or a Camry is a status symbol when it used to say, I given up. Well, the Accord has always been the sportier and better feeling than the Camry. The Camry used to be pretty tragic, like back in the ni- late 90s, early 2000s. But apparently, yeah. with Mr. Toyota taking the, over the helm of Toyota again, he decided to actually wanted yes. to make them feel pretty good. And with a company of the resources of Toyota, if they really want to do it, they can. And, and every review I've read of the new Camry just said it's really quite impressive. And yeah. I, I I drove the new four-cylinder Camry at a press release here in Atlanta, and it it... If anyone asks me what new car should I get, that's the first thing out of my mouth. Oh, yeah, go get a Camry. If, if they're non-car people, get a Camry. You will not be unhappy with it. You will give it to your firstborn child uh, after driving it for 16 years, and you'll love it every minute of it. And it'll be a, It's a great car, and I just drove the four-cylinder, and it, it's got plenty of snot, and it's, it's capable. It's competent. They've really worked out the transmission programming on it, and it'll, it'll get going, and I – I hate Camrys. So, yeah, that's that's high praise. You know what else people are going to love every minute of, Jeff? Extreme Experience. Extreme Experience is a great way to go. It puts you in the driver's seat of some of the world's best supercars and sponsors your favorite podcast. Well, I wouldn't go you that far. All right. Well, all right. <laughs> a podcast. They sponsor this podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Listen, if you want to drive in the driver's seat in over 20 racetracks, coast to coast, no speed limits, no shifting restrictions, and no governors, Head to xxspeed.com because Extreme Experience is spelled with two X's. You can choose your supercar. You can find a racetrack near you, and you can start making a story of your own. Seven models of exotic supercars to choose from. 20-plus tracks, a year-round location in New Orleans, La. Pro instructors like Chris Mental and myself in the car with you, helping you explore the car's limits and learn how to drive the racing line. Most importantly, save 25% when you use the code EveryoneRacers. That's EveryoneRacers, no space at xxspeed.com to book today. Extreme Experience, it's your turn. Woo! Great. How about time for you, listener feedback? We love listener feedback. It is great stuff. You know, who, you know who else we love? Who's that? Chrissy's mom. Whoa, Hi, Chrissy's, Hi, Chrissy's mom. <laughs> Hi, Carol. Shoehorned that one in. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I had some great feedback this, over the weekend from a Kurt... M, who's previously <laughs> provided some feedback to us. He was a nice, not a naysayer, but, you know, he, he, he had didn't some know constructive much. feedback for us for last he should, time. He should eat his own damn Twinkies. It, he eats, it's <laughs> true. And we all eat his butt. And <laughs> Kurt Keep said, going. kudos. No, he said, kudos to you all and Jeff. I'm catching up oh. on the podcast oh. and I'm loving it. P.S. Jeff, Jeff should ask his college for a refund. Oh, no, I just got to go back for night classes, <laughs> podcasting night classes. Uh, intro to podcasting. Yes. Um, I'll mention that uh, we got a very, very lengthy message from a new listener, Bill Fisher, and uh, he gave a review. We're going to talk about some of the things that he talked about. Uh, he may He may even be a guest in future episodes. He's basically new to the Lemons world. He is just building his first car with him and his family. Bill, we will be talking to you soon, but his quote was, entertaining for everyone involved or thinking about getting involved with low-dollar racing. Woo! Thanks, Bill. Thanks, Bill. And, uh, yeah, what's great about Bill is he's gotten into this whole thing, and he's bringing the whole family with him, the kids, the wife, everything. That's how you keep a hobby you know, going. It, It doesn't become a source of conflict when you involve your family. So good on you, Bill. 
And when you are involving your family, this is a good segue to our main topic. You want to make sure that you don't kill them or yourself. Because... See, I was going to say that you don't have any checks and balances when you involve your family because everything about spending money on racing is is a great idea. <laughs> like, so, yeah, hey, honey, uh, want to go race with Hamza down in uh, Atlanta? Yeah, okay. Yeah, let's do that. That's a okay, fine. You. Hey, sweetie, okay, how, about we, how about we buy a... Than the conversation I had. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, anyway... I, um, Hey, what sweetie, you want to you want to buy a supercar? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. So, all right. All right. Um, Let's get to the topic. Let's get. So to the topic. you don't want to kill your family. So we're going to yeah. talk about an easy way that you can do that, and that's with towing the wrong way. And really, all of us have made some pretty terrible mistakes at towing. So we're going to talk a little bit about the right way to do towing and the wrong way to do towing. Especially Jeff and Mental are going to share some tales of well, Don't be like them, kids. No, don't. <laughs> First thing about tongue about trailer towing is tongue weight. It's the amount of weight that's on the hitch of your truck compared to what's on the wheels of the trailer. Tongue weight matters a lot. There's a great video out there that U-Haul had at a at some kind of convention where they had a little toy Mustang on a treadmill with a trailer, and they moved a weight from the front of the trailer to the back of the trailer, and they would shift the Mustang over, and with the weight of the back of the trailer, it would almost go out of control because it didn't have enough tongue weight. And I experienced this firsthand a long time ago. I was towing with my 91 Jeep Cherokee, towing a Saab 9000 that I'd put on the trailer backwards because it didn't run. And, of course, it didn't run. And, Jeff, yes. What the hell did you have a 91 Cherokee? I had a 91 Cherokee for a long time. It was a great... No, no, I'm saying, when did you have a 91 Cherokee? I had a 91 Cherokee. I bought it in college, and I kept it until I bought my Land Rover, which is like 2004, 2005. Anyway, I sold it at 245,000 miles on it. I'd upgraded the rear springs with parts of a leaf pack from a three-quarter ton van. I had all kinds of lemony things under that truck um, to make it work. But anyway, uh, I loaded the Saab. Was it a five-speed? No, it was was the automatic. But that was... The Asian Warner AW4 was a great automatic, but the, the, I digress. So I had the stop on backwards. It's a front-drive car. It's a big car. I had it as far up the trailer as I could go, and I was on you know 40-mile-an-hour roads, mostly where I was going, and then I had to do a brief stretch of highway. I hit 55, and I thought I was going to die because I had and there, yeah, I had about two pounds of tongue weight, and the Cherokee wasn't exactly a, a towing stalwart in the first place, no. especially with a big oh, thing okay. like a sob on the back. So I, um, I, I, I felt a little poo come out, perhaps, and uh, <laughs> got it back under control. We, we may be talking to people who don't know what happens when you do that. Sure. Basically, Good. you had a sway situation. Exactly. It's the, the trailer started to sway because it didn't have any stability. All it's, it, you know, There's no wheelbase on a trailer. It's just the two wheels right together. And right. without any stability, it just starts to wag around. And when it's something that big is wagging around, it starts to wag your truck around. And if you don't, I'm keep, looking for that video uh, right now. I'm going to post actually, it on our I, Facebook. I found it. I'm putting it on our Facebook right now, Fine. Chris. Yeah, great minds think alike. No, you're yeah. spot. It starts to wag your whole truck around, and if you get out of rhythm with the steering, you make it worse, and that's how you end up jackknifing and twisting exactly. and rolling over, and all kinds of terrible things happen. So, uh, fortunately, I, I kept it straight. And the best way to do it when you get a wag situation like that is um, gently ease off the gas. Don't put any big steering puts in, and try to hit your trailer brakes because your trailer brakes will pull it backwards from the back. It'll load the tongue weight, and it'll actually straighten it out. Like, think about grabbing, like, a dog by the tail. You're going to straighten him out, holding him by the tail, right? <laughs> you have never grabbed a dog by a tail. I said, yeah. Because they, they, turn into, they turn into like the a shape of you and bite him. <laughs> yeah. Well, think about it in a very... 
Very well, brief if we do moment. that to a, a, a nice cat, they will stop. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> she won't bite you. Uh, no, no, and, and Sway is terrifying. Yeah. Sway, it, it, it feels like a giant is pushing the rear end of the car around because a giant is pushing the rear end of the car around. Mm-hmm. And, and you're is, already too late. You're trying to play catch up. Mm-hmm. Every instinct to counter steer is wrong. You're too late by the point you're doing it. Yeah, you just kind of if you just kind of let almost let go of the wheel, let it kind of ride out and get on those trailer brakes. Just the trailer brakes, not the car brakes. That'll straighten you out and slow you down. You need to get back below threshold speed. So uh, I also want to talk a little bit about the right way to do towing before we get into some of the wrong way to do it. <laughs> um, transmission preservation is a big thing. Uh, heat from towing will kill automatic transmissions. Oh, yeah, it will. So one of the biggest things you can do to help that, especially when you're kind of at the max of your tow vehicle, is kick your transmission down manually under light throttle before you get to a hill. So like in my Suburban, I'll be coming up to a big hill with a good load on it. I'll take the gear shift and bring it down from D into third. That'll drop it down to third. The torque converter will lock back up, and then you can get hard on the gas to power up the hill, but you're not slipping the torque converter. You're not making it do a shift under heavy throttle. That's how you keep your uh, your your transmission temperatures low and keep your your transmission alive because heat will kill it. So be wary of that. Yep. Another thing that everyone should do with a trailer is maintenance to avoid uh, having problems on the road. It's all about proactive repairs and carrying spares. So I like to pack my bearings and adjust my brakes yearly. Like usually in the springtime, I'll pull the wheels off, clean all out, pack the bearings, make sure the brakes are good, and, and get things ready for the year. Uh, check your tires. Your tires and trailers usually just go ignored. It's like, is there air in them? Yeah, okay, good. Done. You know, make sure there's actually True. tread. Make sure that they're not cupping really badly. Make sure that they actually have enough pressure. Like, actually check the pressure because they fail when they are under pressure and they get overloaded and they flex too much. And when they get too hot, that's when they really fail. So check that out. Um, check your lights quickly. Keep replacements around because they always just blow all the time and they're the crappy little $2 bulb or $1 bulb. Just keep a bunch around. Keep a, keep a good quality full-size spare tire along with a spare hub bearing brake lug nut assembly because, you know, when you kick your lug nuts on the side of the road into the into traffic, <laughs> right? I don't know anybody. After you're doing that, that you know, you, you want to have those things around. So have all those have all those things there ready to go. It's really it's about being proactive in the maintenance and, and having those parts so you can do things on the side of the road if you need to. So Absolutely. There you go. Um, I noticed in here that you put, like, don't be like Jeff and actually do trailer maintenance. I do trailer maintenance when I care about my trailers. Oh, yeah? There's a trailer that, I own that, that, that I just never That doesn't make me feel very about. good at all. <laughs> I do not feel good at all. At all, Jeff. Hey, he looked at it before he gave it to you. He's coming to your house. Yeah. No, actually, I I deferred all the maintenance on that trailer because it owed me nothing and I didn't care until I decided I was going to sell it to my friend, and then I did all the trailer maintenance. And I, I actually, I, actually, I, I did like the receipts. I'm pretty sure you spent more getting that trailer ready for me than I paid. Than I spent in the entire time that I ever owned it. Yes, you're absolutely <laughs> right. There's a lot of spare parts in the box. Uh, there is. I don't know who's next because I'm going last. Chrissy was going to talk a little bit about towing too from her perspective. Oh, go. Okay. Yep, that sounds good. So I don't usually do towing in our house. Chris does that. I have, I got a guy for that. I don't need to do that. <laughs> but not, not that I am a girl and he's a guy. Just like I got a guy, you know. Um, no, you so, do cooking. Not because you're a girl, because you're good at it. Thank you. Um, and he's better at towing, obviously. Uh, he has more experience. But this doesn't mean I shouldn't start and practice. So when we do the uh, towing, I usually help with all of the tie downs and the double checks of all the other things. So when we're hooking up, um, one, I have a couple of things of don't. What? 
safety third. <laughs> safety is first, always. So one of these things that I learned um, by doing it the wrong way is to look at which the way the power plug is oriented. So <laughs> if you're trying to be helpful and plug everything in and you're saying, why is this power plug does not work? And if you try to shove it in there anyway, uh, it's probably upside down and then messes trailer electronics forever. So don't do that. Just push harder. Uh, no, it does not <laughs> the answer. Right. So we know that now. Um, Get hammer. So there's another issue that happened twice, and we swear this will not happen again. So the first time this happened, our friends in an RV are behind us, and then we're driving home from a great weekend. We are a great racing weekend. We're we're all happy, and after 20 minutes of driving, everything's fine. And then all of a sudden, all of them are calling and texting us frantically, and they said our ramp is falling out. So we pull over, and it had not already made it all the way out of the out of the trailer. So we put it back in, and then we realized that we didn't actually put the pin in that holds the little door closed. So we said, okay, we're never going to do this again. It's, this is the scary and we almost lost a ramp. And what if we lost it? Oh my gosh. Okay. So fast forward to, I think I'm saying it was a Sunday, maybe two years ago, maybe hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were leaving Jeff's house in New Jersey and we live in Pennsylvania. So we had to go. Um, we, I think we had the Civic in tow because yep, you, that's when were you were keeping it off. No, I think you, you that's had, when you, you were had keeping it, it for something. Cause we were, we towed the Citroen. It's you had the Civic. We had to take it back. Okay. I think so that's we, when I did the windshield. Yeah. On. Yeah. It's one of those times so that you were housing the Civic for us. So we left, headed, we did, you know, tied it down, made sure everything was okay, headed over the Walt Whitman Bridge, if you're familiar with this area. And there's no, there's a whole lot of roads that have no shoulders. It's two lanes, both ways, real tight. Uh, it's no. A city. Yeah, it's a highway through a city. That's what it is, right? So we are in the south part of, of Philadelphia. I look out my my born mirror, my side mirror. Yes, born and raised. Thank you. Um, and I watch the ramp slide out of the trailer <laughs> to the only place there was a shoulder, and I <laughs> out. So we have. To, I'm like, oh my god, we just lost the ramp. So we had to drive through these back roads, it, like through the city, to get back to like where the dirty trailer south ramp Philly. Was. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and there's some stories that go along with how bad this was to get. Back those are to those are over a beer sometime. Sure, well, and those um, are narrow little roads with those uh, well, row houses. They're like right up on the yeah. sidewalk, and yeah, this, that's, yep. that's where broken. the story goes. Yes, so um, we had to backtrack to get it. Fortunately, it what it was on the shoulder. If it was on the road, cars would have you know taken themselves destroyed out. Destroyed themselves. <laughs> a load of nuns and orphans would have oh, perished like, in your hands. Right? And I, we felt so bad. It was such a such a stressful thing. So make sure your pins, when you put the pins back in, little door doors closed, put the pin in and make sure the loop is behind the pin and you're actually closing the door. Okay? So that's that's good. So there's my couple of my horror stories. So I'm a beginner at towing. I um, taken the truck and trailer with brush to the brush pile across town. Um, I've towed the Civic on the highway, um, and uh, which is pretty light. The Civic is light, so it's not a big deal. Um, but most of my my trailering has been with a boat trailer um, because Chris takes the boat out of the water and he goes with the boat in the water, and I have to take the trailer back to home. Empty so. Empty boat trailer, yeah. So my so and I've had to back it into where the house is. So the first time I had to do it, it took me about thirty times. Up, back, up, back, forward, back, up, two wrong angles. It's harder forward, than you back, think. Back. It's way hard. Yeah. So, but the last time I did it, it only took me about two or three tries. So, and I got it exactly exactly where I wanted to put it. So it takes time. Start on easy road, straight places, somewhere where you don't have to back or do anything quickly. And if you Very get nice. in, if you get in trouble when you're backing, like things are not going well, just stop. Pull forward until you're straight and start again. That's all. Yep. Good choice. Absolutely, yeah. 
Mentally, you got stuff to say? Because I got a few things here, but. I got, I got all kinds. If you can do it wrong, I've done it. Now, the one thing I've actually never had is anything fall off my trailer. And I think that comes from my aviation background because I walk around and I literally wiggle everything. And it's just a habit of, you know, checking. We, the we do that now. Kind of stuff. <laughs> it, it, it is, because you bring, you bring to any situation what you know, but there's a ton of stuff I didn't know. So for the, for a little while, I had a single axle utility trailer that I was using to haul cars. This is a horrible idea. One of my biggest ones, and it goes to Chris's story about uh, tongue weight, is I had a BMW 6 Series on a single axle utility trailer being towed by a Hyundai Santa Fe. I have never been more terrified at 45 miles an hour when that car started pushing my Hyundai to the point where I'm up on three wheels. Oh, at no. Five miles an hour because it was, it was it, you know, and, and because I didn't have it balanced correctly. And I thought that a, a good trailer load look like it was level instead of actually having a little bit of squat in the back of your vehicle. So I've learned a lot of lessons the hard way. Every time I had to haul my Porsche anywhere, it got backed onto the trailer because the engine's in the back on purpose. You can never have enough good, good, high-quality tie-downs. And if you think one of your tie-downs is suspect, go buy another one or replacement. They're cheap, and the consequences for them failing are expensive. So just buy tie-downs. Always have a bunch of them kicking around in the back of your truck. Um Chris, you got something about those. Yeah, you don't ever want to get passed by your car when you're towing. Oh, no. I haven't been passed by my car, but I have been passed by my trailer wheel that fell off on the way to the grassroots (laughs) motorsports challenge in 2007. Chris's race car wheel passed him. <laughs> Sorry. No, it, 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 it's, and again, now it just every time I've moved, I've always hauled a car or I've had a utility trailer. I've always been, you know, hauling loads and loads and loads of stuff. The uh, scariest thing in the world, and has happened to me twice, is almost losing a wheel either on your tow vehicle or on your trailer. So every time you stop for fuel, Take your hand, go over there and just hold it near the center hub of the trailer. If you feel a lot of heat, you've got a problem, stop. Do not go. Problems don't solve themselves. They're not uh, biological organisms and they will not heal. You've got a problem and it is going to get catastrophically worse in about one-fourth of the time that you think it's going to get. So just that you can't take any chances because the, the payoff is very limited and the 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 cost is always huge. Chris, you've got a couple things. Do that on the tires too. I put the, usually touch the back uh, of my hand uh, to the tire tread as well yes. as the hub just to make sure that all four of them are even. And then every time you stop for gas, give everything a shake, like tighten your tie down straps. Make sure your all your pins are still in. Make sure everything's still there. Yep. Yep. Kick go kick your trailer hitch. Make sure you all your all your cotter pins are holding Don't all that stuff it. in. Kick just it. Look no, at kick, it. Kick, kick, kick it. it. Yeah, kick it. Okay. No problem. Cool. I'll go now. I'm going to skip this stuff about what kind of trailer you should get, but I'm just going to talk a little bit about loading all the other stuff. Um, You know, like if you have a flatbed trailer like uh, Chris and Chrissy have, you need to put all that stuff somewhere in the truck. And, you know, when you're looking at vehicle weights, you just have to realize that those vehicle weights include the gear that you're putting back in there. So mind what you're doing to your truck and your trailer, how you're loading all the other stuff. There's a reason that I got my enclosed trailer, and it's because I tow with an RV, and I can't put all of my tools and all of my greasy, fuely bottles into my parents' RV, so I got an enclosed trailer. And <laughs> or you do anyway, but <laughs> there's that. Because they might be listening. I mean, actually, we took most of them in the Civic, so sure. that's, that's a thing. But because we had the RV. So I just want to mention that, you know, like, you, you need to really take care of what else you are taking. 
Um, I want to mention that uh, RVs do have tow ratings. They are usually not nearly as high as you think, but RVs make great tow vehicles. I know Metal has towed a lot with his RV. My, I tow a lot with my parents' RV. They're really long. They're heavy duty. So, uh, you know, it, it makes a difference. But you have to be careful because most states have a limit to the legal length that you can drive. It's mm-hmm. Most states have it between 60 and 65 feet. In New Jersey, it is 50 feet. I of learned course, that, uh, of New course, Jersey. right? So if you have a 35-foot RV, which is not a huge RV, Metal, how long is yours? 29, yeah. 29. It's, it's, it's so, a class oh my, C. Really? Got a class yeah, yeah. A. The class, yeah. Our class A is, is I think, 37. Uh, yeah, my trailer is 20. So I'm probably <laughs> over the illegal may, full length because it's not just like, you know, when they say it's a 20-foot trailer, that's the size of the box not including the tongue and all those other things. So Well, that's why Bruce and Greg downsized the trailer from the 26 they had to the 20 because it fits just behind Greg's RV, and they are exactly at like 64 feet and 11 and a half inches. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he has a full 40 or 42, so yeah. he's a but, diesel pusher. His RV is, it's it's the Mac Daddy of RVs. Go, man. But, but, but also, Bruce's trailer doesn't adhere to the laws of physics. It's like uh, Felix the Cat. It's his hat. That's, you know, that's why they call it the magic trailer. We call it the TARDIS. You know, it's like, like, hey, where'd that come from? Look, a dinosaur. Um, I I do want to mention two very, really great places to find information. Um, Good Sam Camping Club has a ton of trailering information. And the other thing is TrailerLife.com. GoodSamCamping.com is where I found the size limits. And TrailerLife.com has the towing guides. TrailerLife.com uh, could go so many different ways. <laughs> trailer. Hi, hi, hi. I don't find that funny. I don't find that funny at all. Y'all mocking my people up in here. You want some so, liquor ball sandwiches? Liquor ball sandwiches. <laughs> no liquor ball sandwiches. <laughs> TrailerLife.com has all of the trailer towing guides. So you and can look we'll, up we'll throw those up on the Facebook too. We'll yeah, put those yeah. On the it, Facebook. But it has the tow rating of pretty much every vehicle that you could possibly want to tow with. That's the end of my stuff. What else we got? Anyone else got anything on trailering? Uh, we've got a ton of stuff on trailering. And if you've got questions, put it on Facebook. Send us a private message. Get a hold of us on Instagram, Twitter. Email to everyone.racers at gmail.com. All that other kind of stuff. There is encyclopedias of information about trailering. And if there's a mistake to be made, I would bet that one of the four of us have made it and we'll talk to you about it. We'll be more than happy to talk to you about it. We could fill up two more shows with this, but I feel like if I look at the clock on the wall, it's time for everyone's favorite part of the show. Everyone's favorite part of the show. It's just the Okay, so our tip, our tip this week is uh, angle grinder safety. So you may think, why are we doing that? But there are some good stories. Jeff's favorite tool, right? So there's a couple stories that go along with this. Mental was Jeff's favorite tool. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so there's this is going to lead us into two different stories that we've learned the hard way. Okay, so before you even turn it on, make sure it's unplugged before you're putting the wheel on because you're going to manhandle it and you're going to like, yes, yes, Jeff's shaking his head seriously because (laughs) if you turn it or accidentally turn it on, you'll just cut your hands off. So that sounds terrible. (laughs) Um, So (laughs) when you start to use it, don't put your body in line with the wheel if the wheel were to shatter um then pieces will blow out ever we have more on that in a little bit 
So make sure you keep your guards on. So, right, this is debatable, but if I'm telling you the safest way to do it, you should do that. Use at your own discretion. Um, you should really use the handles, which we do actually do. Switch to the sides if you have the, um, if you're if you're able to do that. And depending on which way the sparks are flying, it's it's a easy way to do it, and you know gives you an, a little bit more grip. Keep a good stance when you're cutting. Make sure that you have good footing and you're not going to because sometimes the when you hit the metal, it kind of flips all over the place and uh, you know you don't want it to flip back at you. And lastly, if you're cutting metal, um, you're cutting with the metal with the, f- the fiber and the metal gets very hot. And when you're done, if you try to pick it up, you might burn yourself, which I have done multiple times. So uh, use pliers, thick gloves to pick it up or you just or just wait or pick it up and then scream bloody murder and then run into the house. (laughs) (laughs) Which we've all done. Before we get to the horror stories, I want to mention that you're not really cutting metal with the fiber disc. You're melting it in a straight line. Okay. It really goes to show how hot it gets and why it gets that hot. Yes. You're literally melting the material. That's what I was getting at. So thanks for breaking that down. Okay. So mental, you have a story and then Chris has a story. So about the safety guards, and, and you mentioned it can go both ways. It's not so much a cutoff wheel or a, a grinder, but a cutoff wheel, pneumatic cutoff wheel in my garage. We were building a cage for uh, my second lemons car. Right after I went racing with you guys, I bought a Miata, and we built a lemons car out of it. We were doing that. I picked up the uh, cutoff wheel in my garage where my friend had been working on it, and it had a, just a, a small fiber disc, and I Literally, I wasn't even cutting anything with it. I was seeing if I had air pressure. As I touched it, just a the disc fell apart, and half of it lodged itself in my neck. Uh, Now, it was basically taking a punch in the neck. Yeah, it it was like taking a punch in the head. I I got dizzy. I got unconscious, but I realized, you know, because we're making a roll cage, there are sharp pieces of pointy metal. All all jabbed up around me. So I, I squatted down, and I'm holding my hand to my bloody neck. And uh, my, my friend Brandon goes, hey, are you okay? And I was just trying, in case I was going to pass out, not to impale myself and make it worse. Now, that's one piece of So I don't pick up any sort of cutting, spinning device that doesn't have a guard on it. I'm sorry. And if I can't make it cut, spin, or grind with a guard on it, then I come at it from a different angle or I get a different tool because I don't need to be doing it. And... Uh, the second piece of safety advice on that, folks, is especially you folks that are married. If you ever have the opportunity to walk into your kitchen, look at your spouse with a bloody hand clasped to your throat, and ask where the band-aids are, don't, don't, don't do that. That don't. That's, that's just. A, that's wait, always. That's this a, is a great segue into Chris's story. Oh, yeah. Let's do this. I'm going to tell you why it's important to be safe and keeping a good stance and a good hold on your tools. So, um, right before we were leaving for, I think our second or third lemons race. I uh, needed to get the Civic on the trailer. All right. I, I just replaced the water heater in our house that day as an emergency replacement because right before we were going to go, of course, our water heater blows. So everything was in a rush. <laughs> and our trailer we keep with one of those little locks that just goes up. It was into the ball and around the top of the tongue. And oh, – hi, kitty. Oh, and uh, <laughs> Hello, shaky dog. Yep. Shaky dog and cats all day. Today. So I, But the thing is I, I lost the key. I couldn't find the key to the lock. I don't know where it went. So and I'm in a rush. We got to go. We got to get to the track. So I grab the angle grinder with a cutoff wheel and start going to town, cutting off the the the, the, the guard or the. But how bar. were you standing? I wasn't paying any attention. I was in a hurry. So I started always a mistake on my way through this thing, and I'm getting most of the way through, and all of a sudden it binds up, and it ends up shooting the tool right out of my hands, toward the ground, onto my foot. 
and it just slams <laughs> it in my foot. Your sneaker shod foot, if I remember yeah, correctly. Yeah, I had a sneaker on. I did, fortunately, I didn't have flip flops that day, yeah. so that was good. It didn't matter. Actually, right. it didn't matter. So it <laughs> slams in my foot, and I said, oh, man, that, and it starts bouncing around, of course, because it is. So I unplug it and get it. So, well, that sucked. I put a new blade on it. I keep cutting. I finished cutting the thing. My foot like hurts. Hard and my foot keeps hurting. I'm like, you know, usually when I hurt myself, it doesn't keep hurting this long. So <laughs> I pull my foot out of my shoe, and my sock is totally crimson. I say, oh, God damn it. And so I. There I goes our E. Come on, Chris. I limp my way back to the house, and I go to this first step of the garage. I open the door. And I like hop up and I go, ah, oh. <laughs> And I'm like, we're in, we're busy. Like, Chris. what do you want? <laughs> I take my foot out of my shoe and I, I hold it It's still attached. Right. Harden up. And, right? And That's what of, I said. Yeah. So. No, then you lay down and put it up here above your head. And we're like, stitches, maybe, probably. <laughs> no, we don't have no, time for that. We don't Let's have go. time for that. Go. So I just put some quick wound closures on some tape. I lay down for about 15 minutes with my foot above my head to stop the bleeding. And then we kept Gotta loading go. and made it to the race. And I just had to be really gentle putting my shoes on that weekend. So, I remember yep. seeing that. Yeah. Um, can, I'm going to actually switch it up a little bit because another dangerous part of the angle grinder is actually the wire wheel. Um, if you're using a wire wheel, and wire wheels are great. They do a lot of good job on rust removal, um, sound deadening removal, glue removal. But whenever you use them, just know that they are throwing little pieces of wire at yep. direction. Yep. You're going to find little pieces of wire in your clothes, in your hair, everywhere. Gloves. Gloves. Wear eye protection anytime you touch the angle grinder. Dear God, yes. But it is still the best tool, best tool in the shop. I'm not going to mention his name, but it's Ray. He came over. He was he was he was working at our house at at Chris and Chrissy's house, and he was standing like twelve feet away from the angle grinder, like leaning as far as he can while he operated it on a piece of sheet metal. And I I basically grabbed him by the scruff of his neck, kind of like you guys are doing with your dogs and cats right now. And I and I held the angle grinder up at full speed, and I like patted the wheel with my glove, and I was like, "It's not going to hurt you. Stand next to it." stand normal and just pay attention to what you're doing because i think the easiest way to hurt yourself with a tool is being so frightened that you're not watching you're not paying mm, attention mm, i like that yeah, that's yeah, true no that, that's so that's you legit. have to treat it with respect but you have to stay near it now good that is an excellent point and i, w- I will remind all of our listeners if you catch us at a race and you come and ask us to see our scars chris's foot scar my neck scar Jeff's hand scars, uh, any of that kind of stuff. Not only will we show you our scars, and it's totally G-rated, we'll also give you an E1R sticker. But looking at the old clock on the wall, Chrissy, what are we staring at, a 102? Uh, yeah, just keep, keep going. Let's, so we're wrapping let's close up. this yeah. up. So, so you have wasted another you. perfectly good commute. <laughs> <laughs> That's somebody else's. You can't say that. Thank you for downloading us. We hope you enjoyed this week's bloody sock filled edition (laughs) we also hope you'll join us in the world of driving racing and building because everyone can be a racer even you if you enjoyed this podcast please subscribe on itunes or wherever you get your podcasts if you have any questions about how you can screw up your tow vehicle or want to give us some show ideas drop us a comment on our facebook good stories we like them too absolutely everyone racers or like our race team facebook page three pedal mafia lemons race team if you'd like to help us produce the show, donate to the cause at patreon.com slash everyone racers. And we'll mention your name, just like we do to Chrissy's mom. Thanks again. And until next week, keep the shiny side up. 
unless you're like us and the GDO man and there is no shiny side, <laughs> then just keep the wheels down. <laughs>